We're going to be in Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. Uh, we're continuing our Bible study on our responsibilities as Christians one to another. And a lot of different things the Bible talks about. We're just taking our journey through them, kind of uh, alphabetical order, just looking at some of these things. So we're going to pick it up tonight, Colossians chapter 3. If you find your place, stand with me together. And uh, let's look here, uh, beginning in verse 7. Verse 7, the Bible says, "...in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them." But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Here it is, verse 9, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the Word, the Word of God, how precious it is, how powerful it is, God. And I pray you'd speak to us tonight. We need to hear from you. We thank you for the opportunity to study it, and I pray now that our hearts and minds will be open to its truths. We love you and thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Last week we uh, looked at uh, this uh, subject of uh, the two things we talked about, grudge not one another, and uh, that word grudge not means to not to murmur or to grumble. And we also looked at hate, hate not one another, and that of course means to abhor, detest, uh, dislike greatly, and those were the things that uh, we looked at not to uh, do toward one another. Uh, now there are a couple other ones before the one we're going to talk about tonight, but I I've kind of covered these in some other uh, subject matter. Uh, one of them I actually preached most of a message on, so I'm not going to uh, uh, teach on these tonight, but I'm going to at least mention them to you, and so that uh, I don't want to skip over them uh, again, although I mainly taught these truths. 1 Peter 4, 9, use hospitality one to another without grudging. And uh, we kind of talked about, when we talked about uh, the verse about greeting one another, uh, this idea of Christian hospitality, but how important it is as Christians that we are hospitable uh, toward others, especially toward uh, the brethren, but also just to people in general. Amen? Just be hospitable. It's an important attribute of Christianity. Then we, then we uh, and again, I've preached on this recently, so that's why we're not going to dive into it tonight, but Romans chapter 14, verse 13 says this, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And uh, the, the idea here uh, is not to necessarily judge everybody else, but to, number one, judge ourselves. Amen? And that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be looking at ourselves, our lives, and figuring out how we need to be better for the Lord. Amen? And ultimately, remember, folks, God's going to have the final say. Amen? And so uh, let's uh, uh, heed to that. And then there's another one uh, that, before we get to the one we're going to talk about tonight, and that is this, uh, Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And again, I've talked about this recently. It's kind of closely uh, related to some of the other attributes we talked about. But how important uh, that as Christians, uh, we show kindness. In fact, I just preached about it two Sunday mornings ago because it's on our list in Romans chapter 12. Uh, but showing kindred kindness one to another. And that is Christians, listen folks, we treat people different than the world treats people. Amen? At least we ought to. What a shame, what a shame, what a shame when Christians treat other Christians and other people worse than the world treats people. 
Well, you know what? I've seen it over and over and over again. And again, folks, that's why the Bible puts a lot to do in the Scripture about our relationships one with another. Now let's get on to what we're going to talk about tonight. We'll spend a few moments here. And that is this, the verse again, Colossians 3, 9, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Now, this verse has a lot to say here, just in these simple words. And uh, you know what? Uh, the main truth we see is that the reason that we should should not be lying one to another is because lying is part of the work of the old man. Amen? Part of the old man. By the way, as Christians, we're not to put on the old man. We're to put off the old man. Amen. By the way, you know how you put them off? You crucify him every single day. Amen? Crucify him. That flesh has got, man, that flesh is wicked as hell. You say, preacher, you believe in zombies? Yeah, I believe in zombies. They're spiritual zombies. The flesh. Man, I deal with the, the spiritual waking dead every day. Amen? Get up out of bed. Guess what? It's a, well, guess what's alive and well? The flesh. Man, it keeps raising. I, cr- I kill it every day. I try to at least. I, I try to uh, uh, make sure it's dead and it's put away. But man, it keeps rising back up. Amen? Spiritual zombies there, right? That old flesh, it's with us and will be with us till the day God calls us out of here and gives us our new body. But let me just say this, folks. Just because uh, we have the flesh doesn't mean we have to give in to the flesh. Amen? We can crucify it. And let me just say this. One of the main attributes of the flesh of the old man is lying. Lying. And uh, we talked about it until Sunday night. I, my text in John chapter 8, verse 44, how that the devil is a liar and the father of it. Amen? So that, here, here's what it means. When we lie, we're not acting like our Heavenly Father, are we? We're acting like the one who used to be our Father, okay, that God bought us from, amen, who we used to belong to. Why are we acting like Him, folks, amen? But we do when we lie. And so we need to understand that God uh, specifically commands for us here, and, and this is not the only place in the Bible that talks about it. We're going to look at some places here tonight. I'm going to tell you, this idea of lying is a big deal to God. What is lying? Lying is a falsehood uttered for the purpose of deception. It's an intentional violation of truth. Let me tell you what's so dangerous about a lie. One lie usually leads to multiple lies, and, uh, and and on and on it goes. In fact, God, uh, again, has given us many commands in the Scripture, but He put ten of them uh, in a list that He that, that He literally carved in stone with His own finger. Okay? That if anything, uh, He wants for us to make sure that these ten are a major priority in our life. All right? And I'm not going to go through all ten tonight, although uh, I, uh, it's good for you as a Christian to know those. Uh, Exodus chapter 20. Uh, you, ought, you ought to figure those out. The first uh, four deal with our relationship to God. By the way, God ought to be number one. Amen? Always, always, always God's number one. Then the rest of them deal with our relationship with man. The things we should do. The things we shouldn't do. Amen? And guess what made its way on that list? Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Amen? Thou shalt not bear false witness. You know what that means? Tell the truth. It means don't be a liar, all right? Now, let me just tell you this. This is interesting, all right? In fact, let's turn there real quick. I want to show this to you. Uh, Right smack dab, Romans, uh, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 21. Right smack dab in the middle of all this wonderful description of heaven and the new Jerusalem and uh, the new earth and all that we're going to enjoy one of these days. Smack dab in the middle of it is Revelation 21 verse 8. And, you know, I think God just wants to put us a reminder here uh, as we read through here about the beauties of heaven. I think He also wants it to be in remembrance of the horrors of hell. And the fact is, just as real as heaven is, hell's real. 
Amen. And we as Christians, again, ought to, ought to keep that in front of us as motivation uh, to get out there and do something about lost people going to hell. So here's what he says. But notice here, these are the people that uh, are, are going to make up the lake of fire. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and murders, and whoremongers, and sources, and adulterers, and all, what church? Liars. Shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now that doesn't mean if you've told a lie since you've been saved that you're going to hell. That's not what that means. What he's talking about here is people who, they, they are uh, habitual in this. It's just who they are. It's part of what they do. They're habitual liars. By the way, you know what that's an attribute of? A person who's a habitual liar, a person that's going to be in the lake of fire. So that means this. If we're involved in that, doesn't mean we're not saved. It just means we're acting like the people that's going to be in hell. By the way, sad. Amen. We've been saved from that. Right? We've been, we've been lifted up out of that. Why we still act, want to act like that? Amen? And so the Bible tells us, Colossians chapter 3, verse 9, back to our text, that we are to put off the old man in this area of lying. Now let's look at some supporting scripture on this tonight. Go to Leviticus chapter 19. All the way back to the Old Testament. And yes, by the way, you know this, but the Old Testament is still relevant to us today. Amen? All right? Now understand, we don't live under the law. Praise God for that. Aren't you glad for that? Right? By the way, Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. come to fulfill the law. Amen? And whatever the law said, Jesus didn't lower the bar. He upped, he upped the bar. He upped the standard. Amen? And so, But this idea, man, some people teach. Uh, there's a false teaching out there. It's called hyper-dispensationalism. And they teach that, uh, you know what, the only thing we need to be concerned about today are the writings of Paul. Let me just say this, folks. That is false doctrine. Fall, don't get caught up in that stuff. By the way, you know how you don't get, up, get, caught up, get, get caught up in that stuff? Stay off the stinking Internet to get your doctrine. My goodness. So, Why are we trying to circumvent God's plan? You know what God's plan for us to get our doctrine is? Through the local New Testament church. Amen? And through your personal interaction with the Word of God. Amen? Now listen, you don't have to go through me to get to God. All right, You have direct access to God as much as I have direct access to God. Amen? And you ought to be feasting the Word of God yourself every single day. But you start circumventing God's plan, start going around the local church, you're headed for trouble. Amen? But this idea that the Old Testament is not relevant to us today. Hey, I think the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. All Scripture, amen? And that's all. All means all, by the way. Isn't that so hard to understand? All means all, right? But no, I understand. We're not under the law. But all that to say, God hasn't changed His mind about the way He thinks about things. I am the Lord God. I change not. And if he penned it in the canon of Scripture, and it was important back then, it's still important today. Look what he says, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 11. That wasn't in my notes, that was free. Amen? But you got it for free tonight. Uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 11. Here we go. Very simple, simple commands here. All right? Ye shall not steal. Now, that ought to go without saying, right? That you shouldn't steal. But again, I'm surprised at how many Christians I've seen involved in stealing. Neither deal falsely, neither, here you go, lie one to another. Amen? All these sins have to do with falsehoods. And you know why God is against that? Because God is a God of truth. Amen? By the way, that's one of His titles. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
And God doesn't want for His people, His, His children, to be involved in falsehood. So a direct command here. You shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. Listen to me, just be honest. Amen? Just be honest. Let's go to another passage here, Psalms chapter 52. Psalms chapter 52. We're just going to take a journey through the Scripture for a few minutes and look at some uh, verses here and see what the Bible has to say on this subject. Psalms chapter 52. I love hearing that. Amen. I like hearing those pages turn. This is called Bible study, and that's what we do. We study the Bible. Amen. And uh, the text of Psalms chapter 52, um, if you have a heading, it'll tell you what that is. Uh, but uh, it uh, is uh, David's psalm, uh, prayer to God against this man named Doeg the Edomite. And who was Doeg? You ought to read the story about Doeg. It's when uh, uh, Saul comes to the priest and um, and uh, they uh, uh, the priest that helped David. And Doeg lifted up his hand against God's anointed. By the way, he paid for that. I guarantee you paid for that. But notice what it says here. Let's look at the verse we're getting to tonight. And uh, there in uh, Psalms chapter uh, 52, verse 3. Notice what it says. Thou lovest evil more than good. Boy, does that not describe our generation. Amen? Thou lovest evil more than good. And what goes right along with loving evil and lying rather than to speak righteousness. By the way, you see that word there, a selah? That simply means this. It means to ponder. It means to muse. It means to think about what was just said. And occasionally, God will have that put in there, all right? And so so that we will just stop for a minute. Anytime you say that word selah, just stop for a minute. Go back, reread what you just read and meditate upon it for a minute. Think about what he just said. In fact, let's, let's back it up, all right? Back it up to verse 2. Thy tongue devise mischiefs. Like a sharp razor working deceitfully, thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness. Amen? So all that to say, you know what? This lying here, again, is likened right to evil. Amen? Right to evil. And we see that, of course, all across our, our land and our world today. Very, very prevalent in these last days that we're living in. All right? Let's go to Psalms chapter 58. Just a couple pages over. Psalms chapter 58. This is interesting. Let's pick it up in verse 1. Let's read down through verse 3. Do ye indeed speak righteous, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. By the way, you know uh, who that's talking about? Everybody. That's all of us. Amen? By the way, that's what God has saved us from, has He not? You know what that verse is teaching us? That wickedness and sin and lying is part of our fallen nature. You never have to teach a young person, a kid, how to be bad. You never have to teach them how to tell a lie. You never have to have to teach them from not doing things they shouldn't do. Why do all of us have that figured out from birth? Because of the sin nature in us all. Amen? It's called the Adamic nature. It flows through our veins. It's because of the result of what Adam did when he ate that fruit offered to him by Eve. And you know what? We're all in a mess because of it. Amen? And so the wicked, that's what God thinks about us, okay? I know He loves us. I know He cares about us. But you and holiness looks, you know what the holiness sees? Wickedness. That's what holiness sees. Amen? 
And so we're, we're estranged from the womb. We go astray as soon as we're born speaking lies. By the way, we know that's truth. Those of you that have had babies before, that baby will be in there crying his eyes out. You go in there, guess what? The diaper's clean. Uh, they just had a full bottle. Why are they crying? Because they're little sinners, that's why. <laughs> Lying. Amen? Hey, it's part of the damnic nature. That's what it comes from. All right? So it's part, we, every single one of us have to deal with it. Go to Psalms chapter 62, verse 4. Psalms chapter, just a couple pages over. Psalms chapter 62, verse 4. Again, let's, let's back it up a couple verses, verse 3, because I like, I like reading the context of this so you understand what's being said here. Uh, let's just read, begin down in verse 1, because it's a beautiful psalm here. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From Him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will you imagine mischief against a man? You shall be slain, all of you. As a bowing wall shall you be, as a tottering fence. They, speaking of the wicked, they only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They, notice here, they delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. You know what that's called? It's called the news media. Amen? The Bible does talk about them. Right there they are. Right? How long will you imagine mischief? I mean, uh, it's just, uh, again, the fallen nature of man. They delight in lies. Listen, they don't just lie. They revel in it. They like it. It pleases them. Right? Just like, you know, things that you're, the things you like to do that, that make you happy. All right? Eating an ice cream cone makes me happy. Amen? You know what? Telling lies makes them happy. And again, folks, are you starting to see here the fact that lying is linked directly to wickedness? Amen. No wonder God hates it so much. Uh, let's go to uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 6. Now, I've taken you here before, and uh, we've looked at this, um, this uh, list here. But man, let's look at that again. Let, let's let this list burn down into our, uh, in our spiritual hearts here. Because this is important. Amen. Uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. All right. This is God's top 10 abomination list. Or should I say top 7? Amen. Because God's a God of completion. Again, what have I taught you about that word abomination? When you see that word, you better perk up. You better look and see what God says about it and not be involved in anything that's an abomination to God. Here we go. You ready? These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven, are an abomination unto Him. All right? First one on the list. Uh, 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 the, the, the first uh, on the most wanted. A proud look. Man, pride's right at the top. Amen? Look at what's next to it. You ready? A lying tongue. Man. Right next to pride. Right next to uh, sandwiched in between. Look at the next one. And hands that shed innocent blood. By the way, these sins go hand in hand usually. Okay, hands that we preached about it uh, 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 Sunday night. Hands that shed it's, it's abomination to God. But we're not done yet. Look at verse eighteen. And heart that devises wicked imaginations. By the way, a heart. We're not even talking about action yet. We're talking about something that's done internally in the heart. And when those wicked imaginations, again, folks, where do those wicked things come from? They come from the pit of hell. Amen. The devil has the ability through his minions to influence our thinking, and if we're not careful, we follow. We fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. That's why the Bible says we got to cast down those imaginations. Amen. By the way, how do those things get in? They get in through two ways, our eye gate and our ear gate. That's why as a Christian, you've got to guard that stuff. Amen? Guard what you see. Guard what you hear. Wicked imaginations in the heart, it's an abomination to God. 
All right. Notice what else it says. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. Here, look at this. A false witness that speaketh lies. If God's going to put seven of the worst on a list, He repeats this twice. So you know what that means? It's not just an abomination to God. It's a double abomination. It might be the most detestable sin there is. Could be. God puts it twice on His abomination list. All right, this idea of falsehood, this idea of, of lying and speaking lies and not being truthful. Look at the last thing on the list. He that soweth discord among brethren. And these are things that are abomination to God. Again, Christian, these are things that we want to stay far away from. Amen? Far away from. And then let's look at one more here. Uh, Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs chapter 19. We'll look at verse 5. Verse 5. Proverbs 19, 5. Boy, oh boy, look at this. Strong warning from the Scripture. Strong warning. In fact, I believe this was our proverb of the day, right? Proverbs chapter 19. Notice what he says here. You ready? A false witness shall not be. By the way, shall not. Not might not, not could not, shall not. So that you know what that means? That means it's going to happen. God says it. God's decreed it. It's going to happen. A false witness shall not be unpunished. And he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Oh, man. You talk about motivation for being truthful. Amen? So, yes, it's a big deal to God. And he doesn't want us as Christians to lie one to another. By the way, you shouldn't lie to anybody, but particularly one to another to your fellow brother and sister in the Lord. All right, let's look at one more tonight. And this will kind of uh, uh, tie together the things we talked about last week. And I'm checking the time here since I don't have a clock back there now. And uh, let's go to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. And this is going to be something that you ought to be like, uh, you know, what what I call a duh statement. Like, uh, yeah, of course, duh. But you know what? Again, just because uh, something seems to be so obvious, how many times do we neglect it in the Christian life? Romans 13, verse 8. Let's look at it. Romans 13, verse 8. Notice what we see here. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. All right, so there you go. What, what, what's the command here? Responsibility to one another? Love one another. Love one another. I'm afraid sometimes when we say that word love, it's, you know, it, first of all, that word love has been so twisted by the culture that it does not mean what the Bible means for it to mean. But then I'm afraid also sometimes we hear it and we don't really understand the importance of it. It's just one of those things that, yeah, we, we, we hear it, we think we understand it, but we don't really, really comprehend what it means. Okay, that word love one another, you know that phrase is used 13 times in the Bible? 13 times God makes the command to love one another. To love someone is to be pleased with them and to regard them with affection. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. For sake of time, we're not going to go there. But the Bible explains for us what love is. By the way, let me say this. Love is not just a feeling. Love is action. Let me say that again. Love is not just a feeling. Love is action. Now, along with action comes the feeling, all right? Uh, God is the one that gives us feeling, gives us emotion. But listen, you can't base your whether or not, well, I just, here's, here's what they say. Well, I'm just not in love with them anymore. Let me tell you what that means. That means this. You are not doing what you're supposed to be doing to love. Amen? Because God would not command us to do something that was physically impossible to do. 
Amen? And so this idea for us to love one another is a direct command of God. Amen? If I love someone, think about this, I will keep God's laws toward them. For example, if I love someone, I will not kill them. I will not commit adultery. I will not steal from them. I will not covet from them. I will not bear false witness. You know why? Because I have a love for them. In fact, truth be told, this could be the motivation for everything we do as a Christian. Amen? The fact that we have love one for another. Now, I know this is a familiar passage to you, but again, i like you to see these things. Go to Matthew chapter 22. Let's see how important this was to God, how important it was to Jesus. Matthew chapter 22. I think you know where I'm going with this, but let's look at it. Verses 37 through 40. Okay? Let's look at verse 36. Verse 35. Verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer... Ask him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus, not that he ever hesitated, not that he ever knew what he wasn't going to say, but a lot of times, you know what you'll find Jesus doing? Either ignoring a question or answering a question with a question. He didn't do that here. He went straight for the kill. He went straight for the jugular right here. He knew exactly without hesitation at all. Again, not that he didn't know what he was ever going to say, but notice what he says. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. You know what he was saying here? God's number one. First and greatest commandment. Amen? Come on, Christian. How many times have I got to say it? Broken record. I say it all the time. It echoes from this pulpit almost every time I get up here and preach. Keep God number one in your life. Amen? Keep God number one. But He's not done yet. And the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, listen to this, hang all the law and the prophets. Wow! Hang all the law and the prophets. These two commands right here. Loving God, loving people. Amen? Loving God, loving people. By the way, if, if we'll just do that, well, we'll be alright. Amen? We'll be alright. But the problem is, we get out, we get those, we, uh, we get, we got all those things messed up in our life. We don't love God the way we should. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you'll never love people the way you should if you don't love God the way you should. Cause here's the thing, it's an impossibility to love people the way we're supposed to without having the love of God flowing through you. Impossible. Listen, loving people with the agape love is not a work of the flesh. It's, it's a result of the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? So Jesus said two greatest commands. Two greatest commands. Number one, your responsibility to God. Number two, your responsibility to others. Amen. Your responsibility to others. Man, you talk about a, a convicting thing there. A convicting thing. I'll be honest with you. I haven't always loved everybody that I ought to love. Amen. And sometimes uh, instead of showing love, I, I show uh, unkindness. I show, uh, uh, you know, sad to say, yeah, I'm sure there's been time in my life where I've even had hatred and shame on me for that. Amen. Listen, how we treat, take care of, and handle ourselves is how we should uh, love others. Because listen to this. This is important. Um, the Bible talks about that we should love others as we love ourselves. Now, by the way, let me tell you right now, none of us have a problem loving ourselves. Nobody has a problem doing that. Listen, we take care of ourselves, don't we? Okay, sure we do. I mean, it's part of kind of what God built into our bodies to take care of itself. All right, listen, I mean, if uh, if somebody comes up and, uh, and is going to do you harm, your first instinct is to protect yourself. I mean, you know what? I can prove that to you. All right, here's how I prove it to you right here. Look, 
Oh, Jesse. Well, he, he, you blew my illustration, man. If I threw something bigger at you, you know what you would have done? You would have been doing this. I took a chong book and chucked it at you. Man, he'd been moving. He'd been trying to put his hands up. You know what that is? Don't do it, Jeremiah. All right? Natural instinct to protect yourself, right? Listen, we love ourselves. Okay, let's just be honest with you. It, it's part of, uh, truth be told, it's kind of how, part, how, how uh, God made us. So here's what God says for us to do, all right? As much as you love yourself, love your neighbor the way you love yourself. By the way, if we love like that, you know what? This world would be a better place, amen? We might actually impact this world instead of allowing the world to impact us. You know, we ought to keep in mind, folks, listen to me. Christian love, biblical agape love, is not just a feeling, but it's an act of the will. Let me show you some passages here. Go to John chapter 13. Jesus talked a lot about this uh, when he had his last words to his disciples. By the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, but most of the book of John takes place uh, just uh, the uh, weeks prior to the crucifixion of Christ. Most of the book does. It's a conversation, a close conversation with Jesus and his disciples, and along to along with Jesus praying to the Father. John chapter 13. Let's look at some verses here. Man, I love the book of John. In fact, anytime I have a new convert or, or I have someone that, that's eager to learn and grow, I always tell them to read two books of the Bible, John and Psalms. Those are some powerful books. And, and anyway, let's look here. John chapter 13, uh, verse 34, all right? It says this, it says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. Now, why did Jesus say, a new commandment I give unto you? Why did he say that? Well, let's think about it. These were Jews. And you know what they were living under at that time? Old Testament law. You know what the Old Testament law said? Eye for an eye. Tooth for a tooth. Okay? Basically, it was, you know what you do to me, I do to you. But Jesus said, wait a minute, I'm changing this here. Hey, listen, he's up in the bar, Amen? He's not lowering it. He's upping it. A new commandment I give unto you, you love one another. As I have loved you, that you love one another. And by the way, think about this for a minute. You know why I believe Jesus waited to this time to tell them this? Because they had to know what true agape God love was. And listen, you know what? They spent three and a half years with it. He showed them how to love. He taught them how to love. Here's what he said in verse 35. By this, by what? how you love one another, shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. You know, one of the greatest marks of a Christian is the way we love others, particularly the brethren. One of the greatest marks of a Christian. Man, that's powerful, is it not? And I don't know if that sunk into you or not, but that's a powerful truth. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. A couple pages over there. Let's look at just a couple more verses here in the book of John. Verse 12. Verse 12, this is my commandment that ye love one another. How? As I have loved you. And again, greater love hath no man this than a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Maybe they didn't know that kind of capacity of love until they saw it from Jesus. Amen? And then look down, if you will, at verse um, 17. These things I command you that ye love one another. Again, folks, listen, this is a command that we do this. It's not an option. It's not a, well, if that person treats me a certain way, then I will. That's not what this is. It's a command that we love one another the way he loved us. A couple more and we'll be done here. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 
I'm going to tell you, that's why you need to spend time in the Word of God every morning. You know what, it's, you know what it will do for you? It'll, it'll be a good attitude adjustment. Amen? It'll adjust us. It'll get us uh, thinking the way we need to think as we go throughout our day. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. Notice the prayer here that Paul had for this church. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in what? Love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do towards you. Again, look at that example that was set there. You know what Paul was saying? Listen, if there's anything I'm going to pray for you uh, to, is that you abound or you grow, you're abundant, it's exceeding in your love toward another, and not just to another Christian, but toward all men. And by the way, I'm setting that example for you. And that's what we ought to be doing as mature Christians, setting the example on how to do it. By the way, uh, parents, you know how our children learn? They learn from us. I mean, come on now. They're learning something from us. Are they learning positives or negatives from us? Are they learning what to be or are they learning what not to be? You don't have to be a perfect parent to set the right example. Amen? And you know what? Paul was an example of that type of love. And by the way, we should as well. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. By the way, guess what? Guess what we're going to be held account to when we stand before the Lord one of these days? These truths right here. Oh yeah, judgment seat of Christ isn't necessarily going to be a pleasant day for most Christians. As we're held into account of the things that God taught us through His Word. You know what? Go ahead, ignore them if you want. That's fine. You won't ignore them and Jesus calls you out on them one of these days. Won't you just choose to do what the Bible says in these areas? Even though it goes everything against everything of, uh, that, that our flesh wants and what the culture pushes. Again, who are we, in, who are we interested in pleasing in our lives? First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying truth through the Spirit. Now again, notice what we're talking about. We're talking about purification. All right? We could use the word sanctification. That means growing in grace, being a mature Christian. All right? Purifying your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. So this idea of what we're getting ready to read here is truth. And by the way, it's a result of the Spirit of God. It's through the Spirit of God, okay? Through the Spirit. Here it is, you ready? Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Man, I don't have time to get into that right there and, and, and exegete every word down to you exactly what it means. But let me just tell you, that's a powerful... Unfeigned. You know what that means? That word means without hypocrisy. Nothing fake. It means a real, genuine love. That's the love we ought to have for who? The brethren. The brethren. Listen to me, folks. If there's things in your heart toward other Christians that's not fruits of the Spirit, you need to deal with that. Amen? Get before God. Figure it out before God. Uh, confess. Get right. Amen. Listen, the Bible teaches over and over and over genuine, unfeigned, unfake love toward the brethren. See that you love one another. Here's another way to describe it. Pure heart fervently. Pure heart. Again, without taint, without uh, tainted with sin, tainted with bad motives. Fervently. Fervently means passionately. Be real about it's what he's saying. Not this fake stuff. Amen? Be real about your love for the brethren. I'm going to tell you, folks, it's a big deal to God. It's a big deal. 
And you know what? That's why, again, Satan knows what he's doing when he, when he comes into churches and he tries to stir up uh, things toward other Christians and he tries to you know, uh, keep the pot stirred and keep this going. Again. He knows what he's doing. Let me tell you right now, if we don't love one another, we'll never be unified. If we're never unified, we can never be that great mighty army God's called us to be as the local church of Jesus Christ. Listen, we'll never impact this community the way God wants for us to if we don't have love for the brother. Never. We won't do it. I mean, we'll just sit here and we'll be mossy oak Baptist and we'll, we'll go through our little traditions and you know what? We'll, we'll over time uh, start happening. We'll make Jesus Christ be just like the church of to see and want to spew us out of His mouth. I don't want to be that kind of church. Amen? I want Him to be pleased with me. Alright? By the way, that's why I preach how I preach and that's why we do what we do. Listen, folks, so that we all can be remembered. And by the way, it's a collective thing, amen? All of us from, from time to time get off uh, uh, where we shouldn't be on that. That's why we have preaching. That's why we have the Bible, amen? So we can be reminded what God wants for. What He expects. Listen, don't you want to know what's expected of you? I do. I want to know what God's going to hold me accountable to. And by the way, He does. He gives it to us in His Word. Amen? And we're going through and sharing these things, so I pray we'll take them and uh, apply them to us. Let's pray. Lord.